0: Welcome to another interview with Marketing, Management, and Money. I am your host, Ryan Murray, and today on the show we have Devin Miller. Devin is an IP attorney who specializes in small business. He's also the host of the Inventive Journey podcast, and he's going to be with us today to talk about entrepreneurship, to talk about uh, some of the Uh, legal issues that often uh, arise with small businesses and, you know, kind of uh, share some insight from, from that legal side. So, Devin, welcome to the show. Glad to have you with us.
1: Hey, welcome! They're excited to be here, and thanks for having me on. Uh,
0: that is great. Um, if you don't mind, give us just a, a little bit of a background with, uh, you know, kind of what is, uh, you know, what what is what is your your legal firm all about, and also uh, talk to us a little bit about that inventive journey uh, podcast. You know, kind of what what the premise is there.
1: Yeah, definitely. So as far as the law firm goes, so I've been, uh, I'm an intellectual property attorney, which means I help, uh, or I do patents, trademarks, copyrights. That's generally what's included with uh, intellectual property. Um, and then I, so I've been doing it, I've been an attorney for about 10 years and really, um, or for about six, six and a half years of that, I was working for some large law firms. So, top 100 law firms working with uh, Fortune 100 companies like Amazon and Intel, Red Hat, Ford and others. And uh, found that I, while I love intellectual property, I'll, I tend to like to focus more on startups and small businesses. Mm-hmm. That's really where my passion and enjoyment is, is working with those types of clients. So about three, three and a half years ago, I started Miller IP law, which focuses on helping a lot of startups and small businesses get the same level of service, or even I think better um, than a lot of those law firms, but also helping them along the way, setting it up, that it's structured to service those you know, startups, and small businesses, providing a lot more educational material, making transparent prices and really just setting it up. So that's kind of, a little bit about, uh, myself and Miller IP law in the sense that that's really what we're, who we're set up to help and who we tend to focus on now. Do we help other clients that are a little bit bigger? Absolutely. Cause sure. we love all clients, but we, that's who we we love to work with. Now, as far as the inventive journey, that really kind of spawned out of the and spawn, maybe is a, it seems like an, a weird word to say, it sounds like it's coming out of the swamp, but, uh, It came out of uh, uh, working with a lot of those startups and small businesses in the sense that every, I would say every entrepreneur, startup, small business has a different journey, but there are some commonalities to it. All of them feel like there is a lonely journey. You feel like unless you're talking with somebody else that's been through it, most people don't know what it's like to do hiring and firing, marketing and sales, be the janitor, be the boss, you know, do the product development, be there all hours of the night. And it's just one where it tends to be a bit of a lonely journey and then compound that with, A lot of times it feels like everybody else has it figured out and you're the only one that doesn't and you know it feels like oh everybody else this is a rocket ship to the top and they start one night and they're overnight success hey i've been at it several years and i'm still struggling or i'm still figuring these things out and, you know, with all of those in mind, was, well, why don't we start to, to tell a lot of those journeys? Because I think it would be helpful to a lot of entrepreneurs and start us as small businesses out there. So started the podcast is really sharing a lot of those journeys, and then it's grown a bit from there, and we um, do a couple additional things, and we're actually expanding the podcast to a bit more of a series so we can actually follow along those entrepreneurs and startups and small businesses further along their journey. So that was a much longer answer to fairly short questions, but that gets us to where we're at today.
0: I was going to say that's exactly what I was hoping for, because that uh, that gives us enough background that I think uh, I think we can jump into some good conversation. And one of the things that is kind of on the top of my mind is as you're talking about, you know, helping startups with the with the legal side. And this is where I want to jump into, if you don't mind. Sure. the uh, the question that uh, always comes up is it feels like entrepreneurs only reach out to legal when there's a problem uh, and i'm I'm guessing that you would you know think that there's more preventative maintenance that uh, could happen and uh, you know not not necessarily wait for a breakdown what 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 would you say to a small business? I mean Are there some guidelines? Is there a certain size of, you know, like dollars in sales that you need to reach before you really need to get that attorney on your team? Uh, You know, you you deal with startups. And this this is what I find interesting is the fact that you deal with startups, but it Feels to me, uh, my experience has been that very few startups are ever going to consult legal, unless it's maybe to help them, you know, put together like their their articles or something like that in in forming their you know their their LLC or corporation or whatever the case may be. But but outside of that, like you're not the top of the list. So so you know, I mean. <laughs> Talk,
1: talk Just about wait that. Wait the house is burning down before you or before you call the fire department. Don't worry about it if it's secret. I perfectly fine. <laughs> exactly. <No>. So yeah, <laughs> what what's going no, on there, think, and how do you deal with it? You know, it? it is. I would say there is a bit of or push and pull in the sense I I've done several startups and small businesses myself. So outside of the law firm, I've done everything from um, small family businesses that I I love and they're impassioned about just because I get to hire my kids and they get some jobs and they can earn a bit of money all the way up to seven and eight figure businesses. But the commonality is, is there is always more things to spend money on than money to spend with the startup or small business. And so you're saying, okay, this week, do I make payroll? Do I do their marketing and sales? Do I do ads? Do I pay the rent or do I go do legal? And a lot of times, what gets pushed farther and farther back is, oh, we'll worry about that legal stuff when when we're in a good spot. And then what happens? You get in a good spot, and you're like, well, we've got we're so busy, worry about that later. And it kind of gets pushed back and further and further until to your point, now you're having an issue to where the house is burning down, and you're going to the attorney saying how do I fix this? And they're saying, how do you fix it? You go back about five years and you do it right the first time and then you avoid all these problems. And now you either get a, if we can fix it, it's a whole lot more expensive, a whole lot more involved than if it was done right. So I get it on both sides as to how it happens and maybe a couple of things that you should consider before it happens that you can put into place. One that you hit on was, if, if nothing else, when you get a business started, get an LLC, get an S corp, get a C corp. LLCs are usually the easiest. They're the ones that are the less expensive and they're easier to manage, maintain, but get that in place because that is something that I would recommend everybody that's gonna start a business doing. The reason is, is because you're going to shield yourself from personal liability. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means if somebody comes after you and sues you, you get it, whether it's an employee, an ex-employee, whether it's a customer, whether it's you know a competitor, anybody else, You're not putting your house on the line, you're not putting your personal savings on the line and everything else to start a business. The worst that they can come after is that they can come after the business itself. So definitely do that. Don't wait. And if you don't have that in place, go get it. Um, But then beyond that, when you're saying, okay, let's say I've got my LLC in place, I've got things going. Now I'll put those other things. Or when should I be considering? Maybe I'm saying, okay, you convinced me. Don't wait till the house is on fire, but when should I start? Well, the easiest answer is earlier the better. Now. That's a very vague and nebulous answer, but it is a a truism. If you have the budget, if you have the time and bandwidth, go talk to an attorney get some, and talk with them. And the thing that we do with my law firm, when I set it up as a startup or or for startups and small businesses, they said, why don't we offer strategy meetings? They can come in, spend 15 or 20 minutes. It's not gonna answer all their questions, but at least gives them direction, gives them some milestones, when you should be considering on a more one-on-one basis. So that's what I would recommend is go talk with an attorney, whether it's us or someone else, get some idea of what your budget should be, what your milestones should be, what are some you know things that you should consider. That's a general, or that would be more specific and tailored. You're looking at kind of a general advice. I would say, you know if you're looking on protecting and growing your business on the patent front, patents are for inventions. If you're doing inventions, that's what you need. Trademarks are if it's for branding, copyrights are if it's for your creatives. If you're doing any of those, then the things you should be considering as a general rule is if your business is getting to the point that if somebody were to come along and whether they're ripping off your invention, your product that you created and put all your blood, sweat and tears on, they're going to rip off your brand and they're going to come and copy the name of your, or your company, your product, your logo, or they're going to go and come and sell all of your content, your images and your videos, any of those. But if you get to the size, you're saying if they were to come along ouch, that's going to hurt. The business It's going to have a negative impact when you're approaching that That's when you should make sure that you you get engaged with an attorney and get those things covered because now you've really built assets, you build equity, you build value into the business. To where if on the other hand they could come and they could rip on my brand and I'll just go and rebrand the next day, no big deal. You're not even you're not there and you don't shouldn't worry about it. But that's kind of when if you have that ouch factor, you say it would hurt the business and it would be a significant time and investment to try and readjust if they if we had to rebrand or if we had to do a different product or something of that nature. Go talk with an attorney.
0: See, and I appreciate that you kind of put that into perspective because as we work with uh, entrepreneurs, you know, and I'm talking about our business specifically, I see a lot of entrepreneurs that they have these ideas and I hate being the guy to say, yeah, your idea stinks," And so I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be like, well, okay, have you thought through all of the impact of your idea you know like have you thought through your customer base have you thought through your marketing do you have enough cash to get you through you know the the startup phase and 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 kind of help them think through some of these things and one of the things that uh, that i feel that that happens a lot is people will get started and then that plan doesn't work and then they get started again, and then that plan doesn't work. And then they get started again, and that plan doesn't work. In fact, that's very typical to see. You know, startups have to start up multiple times. And you know, I, I like the idea of saying, okay, at what point is this going to? You know, at what point do you have enough value in your business that it's worth protecting that value? And I, I think that's I think that's really good good advice you've given. So, um, I'd like to. I'll, on the show, we try and keep it as real as possible,
1: and always <laughs> no better
0: to keep it a, a real than <laughs> yeah, fake, right? Um, and and I realize that you know, as an attorney, there are many things that that you shouldn't share, but I guarantee there are some things that uh, you know probably pretty entertaining, but also uh, to learn from. Can you give you know maybe some anecdotes, some stories, some things that have happened throughout your career? Uh, you know I, th- the good side, the bad side, uh, but something that that uh, you've seen firsthand that an entrepreneur you know should avoid or should be doing and and, and kind of the fallout like like what that looks like so do, do you have any have any good good stories for us?
1: And I'll, and I'll caveat it, I'll generalize them just a bit. So I don't get into attorney-client privilege or confidentiality issues, because I really don't want to get disbarred and I don't <laughs> want to lose all the time I put in <laughs> to get a law degree. But no, I think that you know some general things, one of the things that people aren't generally aware of, and I don't blame them because if I wasn't practicing, I probably wouldn't be aware of it either, but there's some deadlines and some or some time, critical times when you do have to consider, especially on the patent and trademark front, Um, that you should be considering when you're doing your business. Give you an example for patents. So patents, just as a reminder, everybody are for inventions and a lot of, and within patents, one of the rules that is out there is that if you put something into the public and it's called a public disclosure, basically means you put down the public, whether it's you put on your website, you offer it for sale, you go do webinars, you do trade shows, you go and, you know, go pitch it to other people to invest in putting it out into the public. From the first time you put it out to the public, you get a one-year time clock ticking. If you get to the end of the time clock and you haven't filed a patent for filed a patent application for the invention, you've just donated your idea and your invention to the public, meaning anybody can do it now. That's so kinda, you know, yeah. without getting into specifics, I'll have clients that are coming into my or my office and they'll say, you know, we've been working on. You know, we, first of all, they say thank you for your time, and you know we're excited to meet you, and then say, what are we going to talk about? Well, and then they'll dive in and they'll say. We know we've been working, we've got this company going, it's been going for a few years and we've, you know, we got this great product and this great invention. And we finally got to the point where we have the the budget and the thing set aside and we think we should get going on a patent. And I say, well, that's awesome. Let me just make sure. So, you know, you got this product, the invented that's, you know, would be patentable. And how long has it been out there? How long have you guys been uh, selling it? And they'll say, Oh, we've been selling it for two or three years. And then, then it's kind of like, well, Glad that you have a great business that's going well and doing that. Unfortunately, I'm not able to help you with the patent because you missed a window. And now they're going to say, well, so is there anything we can do? And sometimes there is, most times there isn't. And so we can talk through that conversation, see if there's any ways that we can help them to a degree. But otherwise, they've just now all that time and effort that they put into product development to developing their to developing their product to, you know, iterating on it to making it better. Everybody else that can figure out how it's done, they can go and sell the exact same product. And so some of those kind of those deadlines, and it's a, a bit the same with the, the with trademarks. And you'll have companies, Give you another example: have businesses come in and they say, "Oh, you know, we've been in business for a few years, and now we've noticed that another competitor, or maybe they're not even not even aware of us, went and filed a trademark, and they're or they're starting their own business and say, you know." you know, we've been in business longer than they are. And is that going to be a problem if somebody else owns this trademark or maybe somebody else was in business even before us, but we've been in business for a few years. This shouldn't be a problem. Right. And be like, well, you kind of got a problem on your hand and it's gonna be a lot more or difficult to fix if we can fix it. And now we have to dive into all those specific details. And a lot of times it can be worst case scenario, they have to rebrand, they have to go take a license from the other, com- or from the other company or they get to get into a messy lawsuit in order to resolve it. All of which you don't wanna do as a business, it's much easier to do it on the front end. So those are kind of some of the things that you should be considering. The general rule is, if you're the first one to file a patent, first one to file a trademark, you're in a much better situation. And if you're coming after saying somebody else has already done it, or I missed my windows, it's a lot harder to to be able to, to make sure your company's protected. Now,
0: I noticed that you didn't mention copyrights in that. D- do they not fall under
1: that same kind of uh, pattern? Not to the same degree. So I, you, you're very astute. You caught me. You caught me that I d- jumped over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but. No. So copyrights, there is some inherent rights to a copyright when you create it. In other words, the in the I, the definition of creating a copyright is you have to put it in a tangible medium. Meaning you can't keep it in your head you can't just think, well, I thought this would be really cool. This would be a great idea for a book. Never wrote it down, never did, did anything with it. Or, Hey, I think this would be a really cool picture or a really cool video. And then you have to actually make the video or write the book or create a, you know, do something to create it. But once you do, you have some inherent rights of ownership in creation, different than patents, different than trademarks, but you do have some inherent rights. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, So the way I would split it up is if you're creating something that, let's say you take a cool picture, you put it on your website, it's it's great, but you know, it's not really that valuable. If somebody comes come along and copy it, so be it. It's not going to have any impact on your business. Then I'd probably stop there and just say, Hey, I got my inherent rights. If it does become that somebody comes and copies it, there are some avenues you can still go to stop and force it and otherwise get damages, but they are a lot more limited. So, that's why I it as you have some inherent rights. On the other hand, if you create a viral video, if you have a really popular podcast episode, if you write the next best Tom Clancy or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, whatever your genre is, mm-hmm. If you're doing all that work, then you definitely want to get a copyright because you have more, much more expanded rights, ability to get damages and otherwise enforce it if you get a copyright. So that's why copyrights have some of that same tone, but you do have some inherent rights to where if it's not as valuable or it's not as, as worthwhile to pursue, you can rely on some of those original rights.
0: Awesome. No, I, I I really appreciate it. And that was exactly kind of what I was going for is, is saying, OK, you know, help navigate some of these waters you know I'm, I'm amazed with how many entrepreneurs that I talk to they've been in business for years and it's it's impossible to have expertise in all aspects of business uh, you know but there are certain things that it's like okay understanding this uh, it's gonna make a big difference I'm going to ask you a question that um, uh, I assume you would have, you know, some expertise in. Maybe you don't, but uh, this is this is one that comes up often when I'm working with entrepreneurs. And that is website URLs. And uh, when you get into website URLs, um, there tends to be a ton of value there. And I see people that they try and protect and 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 let me let me broaden the broaden the conversation here because uh, the website URL that's actually kind of a, a a pretty cut and dry but what i'm looking at is they start getting into this brand strategy and you know they've got their brand you know and maybe they've got something that they want to trademark but they're trying to align all of their you know their URLs their social media they they want to align their entire brand Sometimes that's easy. Sometimes that's not. And you know, and and so, I see a lot of uh, I see a lot of entrepreneurs that they'll they'll take this from the common sense perspective, you know, but I feel like they skip over some of the nuances, some of the subtleties that really could strengthen their their brand strategy. And so I, I'm wondering if you could kind of talk about you know in getting trademarks and, uh, and you know and kind of creating that brand, how much how much should I care about the legal side of that? You know, should I just pick a catchy name and be like, hey, I really like my name and then go see if I can find a URL that matches. And if I can't, then just change my name and grab a different URL. Like, you know, <laughs> what's, what's what's the legal considerations that, that, that a startup should be looking at? Or even someone who's been in business that maybe has a product launch that they want to, uh, you know, that, that they want to kind of uh, really, uh, really brand. And uh, t- t- talk to that for just a second, if you don't mind. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And I, there's a lot to unpack there. So I'm happy to, to dive into it a bit. And it's probably goes well beyond our, our time and conversation. But so I would break it into kind of three camps. Typically, when you're starting a business and you're thinking about URLs and the name of the business and all those things, they, they kind of go in the same bucket. But there are three things that you look at. One is a, the registering the business, getting the business name with the state. The state is less concerned. They're not concerned at all about URLs. They're not really concerned about trademarkability. They're just wanting to make sure that there isn't another company that's going to get messed up in their system that they're not going to know who to send what to. So pretty difficult <laughs> to say. So get it registered with the state. They sometimes, if you choose a name and they're saying, Hey, I don't want to, you know, we have another business, you can't get this name. It's not that you can't get, still use that as a during business as or otherwise use the name of the business. You just can't register with the state there. Now that's general advice before you go down that road, make sure to talk to an attorney to get a specific advice, but generally registering your business, you have your register state say, doesn't in, in, imbue a lot of rights with their, with the use of the company's name. The second one you hit on or I'll go back to trademarks, i so like URLs, cause it kind of all goes together. Trademarks are gonna be the use of a word, a phrase or a logo. There's typically mm-hmm. what falls in. There are a few others, but those are generally the ones that, that fall into there. And so that one is the, you are getting the right or the exclusivity for different products and different services. It's not universally can't stop everybody from using a given word, but for your products, your service, for your industry, you can have the rights to use the word or the phrase or the logo that uh, that you came up with. If you get a trademark on it, mm-hmm. then the last one is URLs and URLs are simply just a domain name. In other words, it is the www whatever you're going to, to go visit. Now, just because you go buy a domain name doesn't actually mean you have the rights to use that domain name. So give me an example. Let's say, and I, I doubt it's still out there, but let's say you were gonna go, you wanted to be, go sell shoes. You want to do shoes and apparel and athletic wear. And you went and searched and you went into GoDaddy and you said, okay, I want the domain name that is spelled dot com, And you said, oh, look, it's available. I'm gonna start my company and I'm gonna do it with Nike with two E's. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. you're gonna get, not probably, you are gonna get in trouble with Nike with one E, because they're gonna say, you are intentionally trying to confuse or otherwise get people to come to your website and use our trademark name in association with our goods and services. So not, a, not going to present an issue with you, whether or not you own the URL. And so there is kind of a bit of an overlap with just because you purchase a URL doesn't actually mean you have the rights to it. Now vice versa, just because you have the trademark also doesn't mean that you have the rights to the URL. So give you a different, or a different, uh, scenario one of the or websites that i own that i use to uh, link with my calendar from the legal service is strategymeeting.com great url i like it easy to remember you know it's short it mm-hmm. describes just what you're doing strategy meeting i have the url i can not first of all i can't even go get a trademark on it because it's too descriptive it's just describing what is what it is that i am doing i'm giving a strategy meeting with someone so i can't even trademark that i can't stop others from using the term to, or strategy meeting one example is is that you can't go and just just because you have the url doesn't mean you can go get a trademark the other one is is let's say you um have a trademark and it is for app or your trademark is for apples but you're just selling apples for we'll say silverware or, or utensils just to make it easy well you can own the trademark for apple for um those utensils doesn't mean you're going to be able to go and stop apple that does smartphones from using it for their products mm-hmm. and their service even though you're completely different you owning the trademark doesn't mean that you can go get the URL. Now, there are some things that people are trying to sit on the URL, they're trying to leverage you, and you can show that they're bad actors and they're really monitoring the trademarks that are being registered and trying to hurry and go and grab all the URLs before you do, then you're going to have some limited rights. So. As I said, there is a lot to unpack there, but those are a few things to consider as you're looking for business name, registering your registering your business with the state, getting trademarks, and get, getting URLs. There's overlap, but there's a lot of distinctions.
0: So, very few entrepreneurs that I work with ever consult with an attorney on their name. Um, is that something that you feel like all startups should be doing, or is that just something where it's like, well? if you know you're going to be in a crowded space if you know that you're going to be on the fringe that you know you got a big player that's that's you know not going to be happy when you start you know encroaching on their space then you get an attorney like at, at what point does someone need to sit down and get a little bit of legal advice when they're when they're just looking at at their brand strategy at naming their business or their products
1: yeah, so I'm going to flip the question and ask you the question, and then I'll answer your question. Oh no, I'm on the spot. <laughs> now
0: you're on what, the spot. What's the legal disclaimer of uh, the, this? Is strictly my opinion. This is not advice. Right. Am I saying that correctly? Exactly. Yeah. No,
1: um, I mean, so let me ask the question of: If you were to go and spend a whole bunch of money on a brand, do you one want to? If you find out somebody owns it, do you want to pay them a lot of money? Do you want to rebrand, or do you want to get sued? I would assume none of the above. <laughs> well, so, I mean, so so, so when, you, when you ask, when you're doing a branding strategy, that's what you really should. In other words, yeah, before you don't go to a lawyer to come up with the name of your company, come up with the name of your company, what you like, what you think is Cashew, what is going to be good marketing. But before you go out and use it in the public and before you really put any sort of effort behind it, you know, if you want to put up a, go buy the URL for nine 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 ninety nine on GoDaddy or whatever they cost. Go go buy it. It's you know. I always, I'm, I'm a URL hoarder and I like to buy URLs just because they're, they you're go so the quickly. one
0: that's making it. So I can't get anything. You and, <laughs> you know, 5 billion it's other be, people. But it's
1: because it's, they go so quickly and I've had URLs and I'm like, Oh, that'd be a good URL. And I go and search it and it's available one day. And two days later when I go to buy it, it's gone. So I'm like, well, I better go buy it. But as soon as I have the idea, if it's a less expensive one now, if it's a 30,000 or hundred thousand dollar URLs, I'm probably going to think about it a little more. Sure. So sure. getting back to the point, which is, you know, when you're going to brand your business, sure, c- come up with the ideas or come up with a few or a few names of the business. Don't go to an attorney, they're not gonna be any better than, and they're probably gonna be a lot worse of coming up with the names <laughs> of your business than you are or than the marketing company or the other people. Now, the question is, is when you come up with those names, do you actually have the legal rights or the ability to go use that brand or that name yourself? In other words, if somebody has already trademarked it, maybe you didn't realize it. Maybe you didn't do a Google search or maybe do a Google search and they didn't pop up because they're not good at SEO, but they still own it. They still federally register the trademark. Well, you can go and start start down the path of you can build a business, you can get a brand, you can otherwise put a lot of marketing and dollars and doing Facebook ads or Google AdWords or doing SEO and organic and all those things that build the business and the brand, only to come to find out, you don't own it, somebody else owns it. And now because somebody else owns it, let's say when they find out, guess what you're gonna get the mail. If they're nice, they're gonna send you a cease and assist letter, if they're not so nice, you're gonna get a summons in the quarter, you're gonna get a notice that you've just been sued. And so when you're doing that, when should you get an attorney involved? Well, you shouldn't get them involved. Once you've nailed down what you think should be the name of your business, Go make sure you can actually legally own it. You can use it and you're not going to be infringing someone else's rights. And then you're going to be able to avoid that. If not, that's why I said, what would you rather do? Would you rather? You have to rebrand would you have to pay someone for it would you rather do lawsuits because those are all the things that could happen if you start using someone or a brand that or a name that somebody else already owns
0: yeah no that's perfect so this is what we're going to do i i actually i want to save a little bit of time here at the end for you to talk about the inventive journey because i really think that there's uh, some fascinating things going on there so we're going to shift here but before we shift uh, if people do want to connect with you, um, you know, for legal advice, for legal support, uh, you know, what, what's the best way to do that? Uh, and then we're, I'm going to ask you some questions about about the Inventive Journey podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give three different ways depending on how you're, what you're reaching out to me for or how you want to reach out to me. So I mentioned one already, which is strategymeeting.com. That's the easiest way. If they want to do a free 15, 20-minute strategy meeting where we talk a little bit more specifically about their business. I give them some guidance, all free of charge, just trying to help start and, us. And, and is this
0: an online option? It is. I, yeah. I, so I
1: Strategymeeting.com. Assume... It links right to my calendar. You go on there and it, you can set aside a day and time that works for you. It links to my calendar. If it's available, I'm open and we'll have either an in-person meeting if you're nearby. We're also set up to go across all the U S so you can do a, a zoom meeting. So that makes it really easy mm-hmm. to grab some time with me. Second way is if they just want to say, Hey, before I go talk with Devin, I want to know what they actually provide the services, how much they're going to cost, what their time frame is and everything. Or I just want to go learn a whole bunch more about, uh, we have a ton of content video, we have blogs, we have uh, audio, we have podcasts, everything else. They can go on to lawwithmiller.com that link goes right to our website and they can find out a ton more. The last one that I'll share is if I'm not very social or not very social, I may not be very social. I'm not very active on socials for the most part, but I do love LinkedIn is an area that a place where I am a lot more active. So if they want to check me out on LinkedIn, they can go to meetmiller.com. That takes you right to my LinkedIn profile. And if you want to connect, connect up with me, there, definitely happy to do so. So strategymeeting.com for a one-on-one session, lawwithmiller.com for our website and meetmiller.com. If you want to connect up with me on, on LinkedIn.
0: And and I am going to share this as a little bit of a plug, but I it's a smart plug, and so I'm going to put it out there. Uh, a lot of small businesses are in smaller towns, and in smaller towns, you're not like your your legal advice is going to be divorce attorneys and you know like public attorneys that they work for the county, and that's that's pretty much who you're going to find in a small town. And so I love the fact that you know they can get someone who actually specializes in small business and startups, uh, you know, and, and that can all be done virtually. Uh, it's 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 a huge benefit for businesses because not all attorney like that's great that you're, you know, that your uncle practices law, but if, you know, if, if, if he's a divorce attorney, then he's not the guy that's really going to give you what you need for your small business, you know. So, Uh, Okay, let's talk about this inventive journey. And uh, I I, I just, I I know we don't have a ton of time. And so, you know, we're going to kind of, uh, we're going to kind of wrap up with a few thoughts here. But, you know, the premise is that you like to take these businesses and you like to look at the process that they go through and uh, make it very relatable, which I think is fabulous. I, I, I want to just uh, kind of flip it around a little bit, and I want to uh, have you talk briefly about what has your journey been with the Inventive Journey. I mean, y- you obviously started out with this idea of connecting, you know, these stories with entrepreneurs, uh, you know, giving them something to relate to. But I want to know what your experience has been along the journey of, of doing this podcast.
1: And that, that was a different direction than I was going to think you are going to take it. So it's one, I don't know if I've ever answered that question. So it's kind of a fun one on the fly. So, no, I mean, so start out, so backing up, I've been, I think we now have not quite 400 episodes. We've actually branched the the podcast. It's going to become a series of multiple podcasts, as I mentioned, because, I think I mentioned, um, because we're trying to get further, or be able to people to hear further along their journey. But for the original uh, podcast, which is the Inventive Journey that we launched, originally it was just kind of something that just said, Hey, this would be fun. You know, I'm hearing a lot of these same journeys, what's the easy way that I can help out the industry. In other words, how can I work with a lot of startups? I work with a lot of small businesses. They're always dealing with a lot of different issues. And you know, for me, there's a lot of, every journey is in there different, but there's commonalities. Sure. Everybody is working with, a, you know, dealing with a lot of issues of ups and downs. They're feeling lonely. They're feeling like they're the only ones that's a failure because they don't have it figured out. They're having to be the boss. They're having to be the janitor. They're having to be everything and in, between. They're having to be sales and marketing, hiring and firing. And they're having to do product development. They're having to do SEO. They're having to do the website and all these things. And they're saying, man, it feels like I'm the only one that doesn't have this figured out or I'm the only one that's struggling with this. And so the the podcast really just kind of started with, I hear a lot of this from the clients and said, well, it's obviously not true. I've been through it and everybody else is. So why don't we start a podcast where we kind of share those journeys? So one, you can kind of walk through and say, wow, I am more successful, or I have figured more things out, or I am making a progress. And two, everybody else that's listening can say, hey, that guy's like me. Or right? even if they have a different journey, he still struggles or he didn't figure it out. He had to go back to college or he went straight out of high school and started this and he failed and he had to go do something. And all of those journeys really was interesting for me. And then it's been one where I've been able to learn a lot on their journeys. I've been able to make a ton of great connections and to the point that we're saying, hey, this has a, been a great service that we were able to provide and we love doing, how can we then expand it? And so that's where we got into the expansion of podcasts where now it starts out with your journeys, the people coming on, then come back on, they offer their expert, your expertise for the things they've learned. They can come back on and say, now, how is our business growing? If they make an exit of their business, how do they exit and what are they doing next? And it's kind of one which is fun because you get to see all on their journeys. And it's been a journey for me to kind of say, now, how do we continue to help the startups and small businesses this is a great avenue so let's continue to expand it wow
0: that's that that's really cool and yeah i i know i kind of i i didn't i didn't warn you that i was going to go that direction but as i'm sitting <laughs> here thinking i'm like this is what i'm curious to know you know so so i appreciate that Absolutely. um so i um I, I i would like to uh i i would like to wrap it up with uh with kind of this this thought and that is When uh, when you have this journey, um, I I feel like you're you're trying to, uh, you know, like build a community where people are sharing their stories and hearing the stories of other people. So um, I have a lot of listeners that, you know, I my listeners are entrepreneurs. That's 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 what they do do you offer an opportunity for, uh, you know, these entrepreneurs to share their story? And, and if so, what, what is that, what's that process? If, if, if I've got a listener on my show who's like, oh my gosh, I have had such a roller coaster experience with entrepreneurship or, you know, like I, I've had this unique experience. I, I had one, I was doing a training once and, uh, and I've shared this a couple of times, but it really kind of caught me off guard. Uh, one of the people in my training, they owned a gold mine. And, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I mean, I just didn't expect to have, you know, a gold mine show up in in one of my trainings, but it is, it's a small business. And and so, you know, if someone has kind of a a unique business or a unique story or something that they, uh, you know, that they would like to share, do you accept that? And if you do, how do they connect with you? Uh, What does that process look like?
1: Yeah. The short answer is absolutely. I love sharing their journeys. So I'll caveat it with we like to share journeys of startups and small businesses. So if you're a big business, we'd love to have you on, but you just want to, if you came into the business and you were, Hey, I took over a five or $500 million business. And I started yesterday might not be quite the journey we're looking for, but definitely (laughs) founders, co-founders, owners, startups, small businesses, love to share those journeys. And uh, we, we've we had everything from restaurant owners on, we've had their counselors and marriage therapists, we've had tech people on, we've had almost every industry you can think of, probably not every industry, but a lot of them. And I love sharing every journey along the way. So the easiest way is if they want to uh, go and apply, we set up the, the website this inventiveguest.com. So inventive, like inventive journey, and you're gonna be a guest. So as I mentioned, I like URLs, so inventiveguest.com. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> if they go to there, it, it links right to you. Can find out a ton of information about the podcast, kind of what or what the setup is, what in you know, a lot of the frequently asked questions, and then they can sign up for a pre-interview where we spend about ten minutes answering your their questions and also um, going through a bit of their journey, getting a few notes, and making sure it lines up with the podcast. So. Go to inventiveguests.com and you can definitely sign up to, to to be on the show and love to chat with it. Anybody that's interested,
0: oh, that's wonderful. Hey, Devin, I really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, share some of your legal advice. Uh, that's that's always. I mean, I do marketing management and money. It's not marketing management, money and legal. So it's always good to have an expert that can kind of fill in some of those gaps. Uh, so that that has been awesome, and for sharing your podcast, you know, I think uh, I think it's great. I love what you're doing. Uh, that was one of the things you know when we connected that uh that i thought was really uh really fascinating was was what you're actually doing with your podcast so thank you so much I uh, appreciate you being on the show this has been an interview with marketing management and money with our guest devin miller and hopefully you'll take advantage of uh those opportunities to connect with him and uh, take uh take that conversation a little bit further so thanks again devin
1: absolutely i had a great time thanks for having me on take care